produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is Derek and myself, Mike. You're a dashing duo. How's it going? All right. Just like every week when we record, I feel like it's deja vu. Because <laughs> we record two days earlier. <laughs> but yes, a lot could still happen in two days. True. So, Plus, the other recording is, a, is you know, Star Wars theme, so. <laughs> oh, Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm working on an idea using the Smugglers Alliance logo and putting Wookiee Radio around it, name-wise, for a shirt. Interesting. And maybe even as a, a background for our phones, where it looks mm. like it's maybe on a ship or something. Mm. I'm playing around with some ideas. Mm. Or on a wall, a, a Star Wars-type wall. Who knows? Um, and I still have not gotten a good, clean copy of the Scoundrels logo that Disney's using at Galaxy's Edge. Thinking it may be on app only. And I won't, I won't be able to know until I get, get the app, until the app goes live for us. I can get close enough to trigger it. Because if that's the new logo, then I kind of want to use that since that's going to be canon. <laughs> but uh, check out the website. We'll, uh well, you can check out WookieRadio.net as well, but WeBeGeeks.net. I know it's not up to date. It's coming, but you've been getting the shows because the shows released first on the network site, which used to be the original website for the show until I uh, split the shows off onto their own site. And at that point in time, there were so many episodes. I did not want to do a 301 redirect. It's a pain in the butt. But one day I may have to. I just may. Um, but yeah, check out the affiliates. Supporting them supports us. Uh, also, to check out our partners, um, Found Me and Heroes and Villains. Click the images, takes you to their site. Use the code WeBeGeeks, all one word, for 15% off your first purchase. Um, the other cool thing is, too, Heroes and Villains just announced a sneak preview of their Sith Trooper hat and pin. Oh, yeah. for And a Stormtrooper backpack that they're going to have at San Diego. And I do believe there's going to be a Jedi backpack. Nice. Knowing them, I would not be surprised if it's Jedi and a Sith option for backpacks. Which would be cool. That would be cool. So, um... 
And then also, too, check out our web store. Uh, I'm going to have to send you, Derek, pictures of the Weeby Geeks hats that I got uh, last month for when I went to the convention here in town, the uh, trade show. Oh, nice. Um, unfortunately, the way the logo for Weeby Geeks looks on the hats on the site will be changed. It's just going to be the word mark across the front, uh, straight horizontal. Because uh, the preview, the, the promo that they tried with the actual logo logo, it, it didn't come out right. But oh, doing really? just the word mark only, it looks great. And I'm okay with that. Sure. I, I really am. Um, it's just I've used the other backing for so long just to break up the letters and make the letters pop. And I think it looks great with it, with the letters. But the word mark alone looks good, too, because we've been doing that over on the network site. Mm. So and I think I did it on. Uh, no, I didn't. Let's take a look, shall we? Um, yeah, I have it. I I have the logo and then I have just the word mark on the show side as well. And it looks good there as well. I mean, if you think about it, it looks pretty good there, too. So, I mean, the word mark, I mean, it holds up well. And I have fun designing that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about stuff like, oh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier get a release date uh, cast. And there's news about the story. And we also covered two over on Weeby Geek or on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Let me find that as well. Because um, I want to bring this story in to here. Which will come up later. About a uh, another collectible. Now go down with the other collectibles. We're going to talk about collectibles. Um, where is the story though? Uh, John Wick writer is going to join the the team for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So um, we we know the first Star Wars live action is going to be the Mandalorian. It's coming in November. With a movie-worthy budget and a uh, plethora of directors, all well-known. Um, expect Marvel to follow sh- suit as well with their parade of six to eight episode limited series, uh, all focusing on big screen stars reprising their roles um, in the wake of Avengers Endgame. So first up, we've got, uh, of course, we're talking um, the Falcon Winter Soldier which is the first show coming up. Um, and it's been reported that Malcolm Spillman from Empire has been tapped to write the series. And joining him on writing duties will be John Wick's creator, Derek Kolstad, according to um, several different sources that I've read. They say, according to the rap uh, on the story from Den of Geek. Um, they also say that, is that Carrie or Carl? Carrie, Carrie Skoglin from The Handmaid's Tale, will direct all six episodes of the series. And it's, of course, this is the first of many Marvel shows coming, including Loki, WandaVision, (laughs) and Hawkeye, which this is the first I've heard about the Hawkeye series. It is? I've heard about that. I heard about it a month ago. Or maybe we talked about it and I forgot because, well, I'm old. Yeah, I know how you feel, believe me. Um, so anyway, with the cast, here's the latest news, rumors, speculation. Um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan will officially reprise their roles. Um, and no other casting has been announced yet, but at least the two crucial ones are all set. Well, yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Falcon Winter Soldier movie if it didn't have those characters. Um, yeah, not really. 
So, um, but there are some other familiar faces that could be joining the show. Daniel Bull, uh, Brule, and Emily Van Camp um, could be joining the show. And if those names are familiar, it's because they both played roles in Captain America: Civil War. Uh, but Emily Van Camp played in uh, Winter Soldier as well. I remember because she is um, Sharon Carter. Oh yeah, right, Agent Thirteen. Yes, indeed. Uh, and Brule played Zemo, a Scovian citizen turned terrorist. Mm. Um, just kind of changed up his actual background from the cart uh, from the comics. Just a little bit. But it works in the MCU because of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like I said, Emily Van Camp plays Sharon Carter, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and grandniece of Peggy Carter. Uh, Steve Rogers has kissed both. What a sicko. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, hey, if the grandniece kisses as good as the, the grand aunt, then who cares? You know. Um, so what does this mean for Captain America? Well, we saw at the end of Endgame. Sorry, spoilers. Not sorry, because the Russo brothers gave a May 6th clearance on that. So bite me. Um, you know that Steve lived on but passed the shield on to Sam Wilson, who will be the new Captain America, which is kind of taking lead from the most recent change with Cap in the comics, which I'm fine with. Um, yes. Bucky seems to approve, which, okay, I and I, I agree that this Bucky in the movies is not ready for that role. I suppose. But I still want Bucky as Cap. Me too. Um, but uh, Sam definitely did seem to have some reservations about taking the shield and what it represents. So don't be surprised if this is a series that's about the pair coming to terms with with a world where Steve has to play a very different role. And Sam's coming to terms with the uh, hugeness of this responsibility. Hmm. Um, now, according to Deadline, Sam accepting the role or accepting the shield from Steve will factor into the series. But the studio declined to say how. Now, who's to say that in this there may be time where Bucky takes the shield and his cap briefly. That would be cool. Where Sam convinces him to, hey, you got to help me out. And they that both would, take a role. I think that would be great. Definitely. I would love to see that. Um, and we do have a release date for Falcon and Winter Soldier. November oh 12th. Nice. So, um, but you know, as, as they've as Disney has said, the Mandalorian will be available at launch. Um, okay, I, I'm wrong here. Disney is confirmed to launch on November 12th. Disney Plus. Falcon Winter Soldier won't be ready for launch, but Mandalorian will. Uh, but expect this to arrive around 2020. So I'm figuring probably shortly after the first of the year. Yeah, that seems so, logical. Something about to blow up. That was my washer. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was that loud. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm excited for this. I, I am the Loki series. I don't know, but yeah, it'll still be fun. WandaVision is going to be a hoot. <laughs> I, I just want the uh, explanation of how I, they go back to the 50s. Other than the title, 
So I think the title is the best part. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah, well, hopefully the show's weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would love it. That's that's what I'm hoping for. And then Hawkeye, I would love. I'm excited for because hopefully we'll see a uh, Kate Bishop that will eventually be pulled into the into the movies. Yeah. Especially since the Russo brothers are talking about they have a panel on the 19th at San Diego. Oh, really? And there's rumors uh, that they're going to be breaking some big news. And over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, I'm not the one who said it first. Eric did. But we're thinking West Coast Avengers. Hmm. Yes, please. Which version? I don't know. Maybe a mix mash of the two. Have War Machine out there. Have Hawkeye out there. Um, have Scarlet Witch out there. If you don't have Black Panther, have Sherry. Mm, yeah. Actually, yeah, that would make sense, too, because uh, in Black Panther, at, at the end of Black Panther, they bought that. Um, that school? Yeah. Yep. So actually, that would make a lot of sense. And then I say you introduce Tigra. That could be interesting. And you notice I left someone out that I think would be cool, but I don't think would work for a movie West Coast Avengers. I'd almost rather see her in New Warriors if they ever get that off the ground. And that's adding Gwynpool. Uh, no, thanks. I'd rather see her with New Warriors with Squirrel Girl. I'd rather not see her at all. <laughs> I am not a Gwynpool fan. Well, that sucks to hear. I loved Gwynpool. I thought it was a. I thought it was an interesting concept for for a book. Eh, not a fan. So, um, but no. Hopefully, it's a it's a uh, West Coast of Avengers or Young Avengers. Be the other way I would go. Well, there was talk of of a Young Avengers. Yep, possibly, and that could be based out of a Shield headquarters in New York. Mm. Or a flying, uh, or a helicarrier that stays over New York. Do they have any helicarriers left? I'm sure somewhere. Well, they got the one f- that they used for the rescue at uh, mm, Scotia in Age of Ultron, the yeah. thing, uh, Project Theta. Mm-hmm. So, but we shall move on. Indeed. Now, this is something I'm excited about, and that is that Amazon Studios has announced that they have secured the rights to adapt a little comic book called Paper Girls. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Paper Girls, written by Brian K. Vaughn. It's a great book, and I'm very excited about this news. Um, so, they, yeah, so their latest announcement confirms that Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls will be getting an, an Amazon Prime series. And according to The Wrap, Amazon Studios has already given a series commitment to an on-screen adaption of Paper Girls, which will be executive produced by Brian K. Vaughn. So that's, oh, that's cool. Yes. Alongside, alongside Stephanie Folsom, um, who was on, who did Toy Story 4, um, who produced Toy Story 4, excuse me. And Folsom will also serve as the series' primary writer, which is interesting. Um, this is the first project that will be based on Vaughn's work that's going to be produced by Legendary Pictures, uh, who signed a deal with Brian K. Vaughn for, to bring a bunch of his stuff to, to the screen, uh, the big and small screen. Um, 
another series that we're that I am definitely waiting for is Why the Last Man when that comes out. Yeah, that one I'm excited for. Yeah, that should be good. So for those who haven't read the book, you should. It's very good. But uh, it is set in a small town, Ohio, during the 1980s. And it centers around four paper girls, Erin, the quiet new girl in town, Mac, the snarky tomboy, KJ, the intelligent crafter, and Tiffany, the obsessive gamer. Uh, The four end up hurtling through the time stream, encountering not just periods in history, but alternate versions of themselves along the way. And sadly, the comic is set to end later this month with issue number 30, which is too bad because I really enjoy it. But, you know, its time has come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a great book, and it's it's going to make an interesting show because it's kind of a it's kind of a crazy book. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in that book, so I'm I'm very interested to see what they do with it, and and the fact that Brian K. Vaughn is directly going to be involved is very comforting as well. Right, I I agree. Uh. I'm not familiar with the book, but to have him directly hands-on eliminates some of the issues mm-hmm. like an Alan Moore. Right. Um, and you get more something of a Frank Miller. Right, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, that, sounds, that sounds pretty cool. There's no word yet on when it will be airing, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. All right. I'm sure we will. Well, as I was trying to see if there was something to help back up my next story, (laughs) saw these two things on the Internet. New Yorkers bite 10 times more people than sharks do worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. And then, and then I have some sad news. Uh oh! It's a sad day for music fans. Coldplay has confirmed they have not disbanded. Oh, that's unfortunate news. <laughs> <laughs> so, other than that, yeah, there, there's nothing to support my next story. Which, hey, Zack Snyder, <laughs> I almost rank him up there with Michael Bay. Ah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Well, apparently he he now wants to head to Asgard, but not Marvel's Asgard. Thankfully. He is teaming with Justice League producing partner Jay Olivia to bring an animated base bring, to bring an anime based on Norse mythology to Netflix. Interesting. Uh, Snyder will executive produce the series while Olivia will serve as the show runner. Uh, Stone Quarry Animation will produce alongside Snyder's wife, Deborah Snyder, and Wesley Kohler. Hmm. Uh, the only information available about the content of the series thus far is it will be set in the world of Norse mythology. <laughs> So shake off those cobwebs, uh, Balder, Nordor, Fenrir, and any other god not currently tied down by IP restrictions. There's no word on episode count or release date. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm scared. Well, that's certainly some news. Yeah. 
Uh, this will be the second collaboration between Snyder and Netflix, as Snyder is currently writing and directing Army of the Dead for Netflix. Notably, this is Snyder's first TV project, though that somehow feels impossible given how far reaching the Snyder, the Snyder, the Snyder pop culture brand has been. Mm. Like I said, I'm scared. Mm. Yeah. I. Yeah. I just. He's so. <laughs> he's confusing to me because I, I used to think he was good and I wanted to like him, but then the more I see, you know, he seems okay. to have just. Mm. He was great with Sin City. Yeah. He was great with 300. Yeah. Horrible starting with Watchmen. Mm. I mean, I didn't mind that they changed the ending to make it work for film. No, that's about the only thing I I didn't mind. But it was But the the other DC projects he did cuz didn't he also do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Was that him? I don't know. I'm sure wouldn't surprise me now. But I'm checking right now. Director was Steven Norrington. Mm. Uh, and here's the sad part. Alan Moore was one of the writers. Wow. Uh, the screenplay was James Robinson. Mm. The writing credits goes Alan Moore, Kevin O'Neill for the comics. Uh, I'm checking to see. No, Snyder does not appear to be involved in this at all. Dave Snyder was. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not seeing anything but here's the deal with Zack Snyder when he tackled Watchmen and all the DC stuff the the creative teams who wrote those weren't involved mm-hmm. like Frank Miller was and that's when things became problems mm, definitely so yeah so yeah how about some positive news do we have any? Oh, wait, we do. <laughs> New Yorkers bite 10 times more people than sharks. <laughs> Take that for what you want. <laughs> oh, for this, yeah, for this bit of positive news, we're going to visit the doctor, sort of. <laughs> um, or more like the doctor's once uh, former sidekick. So those of you who are Doctor Who fans... From long ago. Which uh, you can watch a lot of those on Pluto TV. They have a Doctor Who channel. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's, old, it's a lot of the old classic stuff. Oh, that's cool. Well, of course, um, a lot of the Who fans in my age range uh, cite uh, do, uh, Tom Baker as their favorite doctor, as uh-huh. do I. Same oh, here. And uh, during one of one of the great things during Tom Baker's run was his little robotic sidekick, Canine. Love Canine. Canine was awesome. I I have is when they did the um, Doctor Who figures. Mm-hmm. I got from my dad. It was um, I got him Canine, which I have somewhere around here. I got to remember where I put him. I've got Canine. And the Doctor, uh, which was um, it's the one between Baker and Davison, mm. who had the uh, question mark umbrella. Yeah. Is that Colm? Uh, I want to say Colm Meany, but it's not right. <laughs> no. Colm Meany was from Star Trek. Is that Colin something? 
Baker. Yeah, Colin, Colin Baker. Baker. Yeah, so it's an action figure with him. Mm. Nice. Well, uh, the good news is K9 is set for a comeback. Really? Uh, sort of. It's going to be in a new t- TV series for children. <laughs> um, so K9 first appeared in 1977 alongside fourth Doctor Tom Baker. And he's going to be the standalone hero in a major new project. And for this series, he's also going to get a bit of a redesign. Um, He's going to appear a bit battle damage. Oh, that would be cool. After taking part in a space war. Uh, To which a source revealed he's going to look more industrial and be covered in rivets. Um, Of course, uh, K-9, K-9. And nine is a play on the word canine. <laughs> I never knew that. Just kidding. Everybody knows that. Um, and he was originally created by Dave Martin and Bob Baker. Uh, he's he's he has already had a little bit of a comeback in in the past. Uh, he's been featured in several spinoffs, including Canine and Company in 1981. I've never seen that. I'll have to look for that. Then. He was revived by the new Doctor Who with David Tennant in 2006, and he appeared in the Sarah Jane Adventures in 2007. Uh, Then, an independent canine series voiced by original actor John Leeson was produced in Australia in 2010 and shown on Disney XD and Channel 5. Interesting. Uh, so right now there are two companies in bidding for the latest spinoff and it will be produced in the United Kingdom, of course. Um, why wouldn't it be produced there? Exactly. Um, and it says, unless it's picked up for broadcast by the BBC, it is unlikely that any Doctor Who references will be permitted, which, well, I can see a little I can see it, but it seems odd. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, actually, if you don't point that out, you might not ever actually notice it. True. Mm. All right. So, uh, uh, meanwhile, we will have Jodie Whittaker coming back as Doctor Who. Well, that's cool. Season. So she'll get a second season, unlike Capaldi, who got, what, one and done? I think he got two. Did he get two? I think so, yeah. It seems like he only got one. Correctly. I know it was very short, but, uh, but yeah, her her season averaged 8.6 million viewers, making it the most popular since David Tennant's third run oh, in wow. So, uh, looks like it's doing pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Interesting. Well... Here's another thing interesting. Let's go back in time, shall we? Go back in time. Sorry. How about we go back to the Stone Age? Whoa. Whoa. Apparently, Elizabeth Banks is heading up a push to with Warner Brothers Animation to reboot the Flintstones. Interesting. Um, so apparently Warner Brothers Animation and Elizabeth Banks Brownstone Productions are developing a new version of the classic sitcom, animated sitcom. It's in its very early stages, but it is envisioned as an adult animated series and based on the original idea featuring the Flintstone characters, Hmm. which is what made sense with the 
original run back in the day is it was right. geared. It, this is why it was on primetime on ABC mm-hmm. during the 60s. It was a adult cartoon like Simpsons, like Futurama. Right, yeah. Uh, it spawned off, spawned off numerous animated spinoffs and a pair of live action movies, which the 94 movie I enjoyed with Goodman and Rick Moranis. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, the, two, the 2000 movie, Viva Las Vegas, where it was the prequel, eh, it was okay. I've only seen parts of it. Um, Warner Brothers Animation won't produce the series, um, but Banks has an overall deal with Warner Brothers um, because um, she has also been producing the comedy pilot Patty's Auto, which was on Fox this past development season. She is also an executive producer on Hulu Shrill. And produces and co-stars in the Charlie's Angels reboot that's set to hit theaters in November. Which that trailer doesn't look that bad. I haven't seen it. Um, now, a Flintstones-related kids series, Yabba Dabba Dinosaurs, <laughs> um, is set to premiere on the streaming platform Boomerang in 2020. And it will focus on the teenage characters Pebbles and Bam Bam from the original franchise. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Seth MacFarlane tried to m- mount a remake for Fox at the beginning of the decade with the network giving it a straight-to-series order in 2011, but it never made it to air, mm. which could be a good thing. As much as I do like Seth MacFarlane, it's probably a good thing. Um, but apparently it was the Fox execs were underwhelmed with the script Hmm. as noted by the Hollywood reporter at the time. So, um, variety is the first to report this news. Hmm. And this is coming from the Hollywood reporter. Interesting. So that kind of wraps our, uh, TV news. Hmm. Well then. I guess we'll have to move on to something else, won't we? I think we shall. Do we need to roll the dice? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Okay. Or, uh, speaking of dice, we could start talking about some games. Yay. In fact, this first game we're going to talk about is actually related to a streaming TV series. So, (sighs) Game of Thrones is over. And now there's a hole in our hearts to be filled well, as you may have heard, as I believe we might have talked about previously, uh, Amazon is planning to fill that hole with a Lord of the Rings series. Oh, Lord. Of the uh, Ring. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> See what we did there? Because we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so this series, uh, which is coming from... Uh, oh, never mind. That's, never mind. I, was, I was thinking something else. Anyway, this Lord Balls. of the Rings... <laughs> 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 Jungle boners? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, Wait, that's Chris. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, so anyway. <laughs> now I want to redo a specific song from... When we were growing up, yeah, that that we that we I were think, actually I doing yep. that. I know we were boogie. Yeah, we were singing that after the episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
a little off the rails there. Um, this Lord oh, of the no, Rings. Oh, not us. <laughs> this Lord of the Rings series will be set before the events of the films. And uh, hopefully we're going to get to see a lot more of Middle Earth with this show, since there is so much of the material to adapt. But enough about the show, because as we are waiting for the show, uh, Amazon is also working on a Lord of the Rings MMORPG that will be free to play. Ah, interesting. So there aren't a whole lot of details about this game so far. I thought there was a Lord of the Rings RPG or a Middle Earth RPG MMO out there. There are games. I don't know about an MMORPG. Uh, however, um, this one will not be connected to the show directly. OMG BBQ. Um, sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Barbecue. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, sh- the show is going to be set in the second age, um, but the game will be set in Middle Earth. And will reportedly give players a new look at some of Tolkien's most iconic locations. Ah, and we could probably see a few fan favorite characters in the game as well, most likely. Now, it's interesting to note that this is not actually a completely new game. As Leu Technologies actually announced a Lord of the Rings MMORPG a long time ago but did not state who would be publishing it. So now we know it's getting published by Amazon, and uh, perhaps most likely it seems like they were waiting for the deals and any quirks to be ironed out before confirming the game. There is currently no release date for the Lord of the Rings MMORPG. Uh, OMG BBQ. Q. (laughs) (laughs) F-U-2. But... (laughs) (laughs) S-T-F-U. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, there's a possibility it could come out around the same time as the actual show. Yeah, that would be smart to do. But anyway, that could be a lot of fun. Sounds like it. Running around Middle Earth. Well, we'll add to that. How long should it play, take you to play? <laughs> uh, who knows? It's like Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. It should take you how long to play? Roughly <laughs> 35 to 50 hours. Uh, if you're a completionist, maybe 60 but you know what? Grandma's a gamer. <laughs> One user over on Reddit revealed a photo of his grandmother's save file for the game, revealing she racked up over 755 hours while playing. Not <laughs> bad, <laughs> Grandma. It's unclear why it took so long from Grandma to beat the game. Uh, everyone's guess is she was having so much fun that she played around the world a lot before beating it or was having trouble. Or both. <laughs> or both. So 755 hours, that is 31 days. <laughs> That's a lot of time to spend on any game, let alone Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. But you know what? Grandma's probably retired, so she's got time to do that. Sit around and do nothing. Sounds like a good way to spend your retirement. Why not? Uh, Now, for those who don't know, Twilight Princess is a GameCube and Wii game and the 13th installment of the series that released back in 2006. Mm -hmm. And it was the final first party game released on the GameCube. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Grandma's a gamer. 
Grandma got ran over by a video game. <laughs> Grandma got ran over by Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we shall move on. We have one more gaming news. Yes, we're going to move on to a little place called Nakatomi Plaza. I thought we were going to talk about Monster Crunch. Wrong game. That was many, many months ago. <laughs> we still got to pick it up. Mm. Um, this is a game based on the movie Die Hard. Never heard yeah. of it. Uh, well, you should check it, it out. Is it a Christmas movie? Well, some say it is. Some say it isn't. I think someone says it isn't. <laughs> some would say it's a movie that takes place at Christmas time, but is not a movie about Christmas, therefore is not a Christmas movie. Sorry, if it takes place around Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Gremlins, Christmas movie. I don't consider Gremlins a Christmas movie either. I don't know what exactly <laughs> it is a Christmas movie. Was Santa Claus in it? Nope. Was there someone dressed like Santa Claus in it? Nope. I thought there was at the office Christmas party. Maybe. Then Christmas movie. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, was there a Christmas tree in it? Sure. Christmas movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, this is Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist board game. Also not a Christmas game. <laughs> feel free to play it at Christmas. Sure. Uh, using a deck of cards and a map of Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, you know, the uh, the aforementioned uh, tower uh, in the movie Die Hard, the non-Christmas Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, one player, as John McClane, squares off against up to three friends playing as the bad guys. Very interesting. Hey, Grandma's a gamer. Uh, It'll take her 755 hours to beat this. Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so the game comes with a double-sided game board. Ooh. 80 John McClane action cards. That sounds interesting. Uh, 40 thief action cards. Oh, sure. They only get half as much as John McClane. Yippee uh, Twenty five. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, Forty objective tokens, sixteen objective tiles, seventeen blue lock cubes, twelve red drop blood cubes, nine custom figures, and everything else you need to play the game, which is sounding a little complicated. Yeah. So, the official description, Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist board game, is a one-versus-many game of stealth, combat, and action tactics. Action. 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 Players will square off with a deck of cards and a map of Nakatomi Plaza between them. Three, thank you. Three acts worth of goals will move them through the story of the original Die Hard film, not a Christmas movie. The thieves must work efficiently <laughs> and signal each other effectively to hack through the vault's locks and stop John McClane. McClane must plot his path and manage his cards carefully to fight his way through and kill Hans Gruber. Who later becomes Snape. Indeed. Uh, so, Die Hard, the Nakatomi Heist board game, is available to pre-order for thirty nine ninety nine at Entertainment Earth 
and Ooh. is scheduled to ship August 2019. Hey, just in time for my birthday. Hey, all right. Well, since we're talking about stuff like that, um, Marvel, oh, I can add this to this other story here so you can see it too. Check the bottom of the list. Just added it. So uh, Marvel's Captain America shield prop replica gets a classic comic book update, which I would love to get this. I love the movie shield, mm-hmm. but there's nothing like the classic comic book shield. Sure, sure, sure. So Hasbro has unveiled a new vintage version of the Marvel Legends gear Captain America shield prop as part of the Marvel 80th anniversary lineup. This version has a glossy comic book inspired paint job, while the previous versions look more like the ones used in the film. Uh, also, too, now throw now you, you've got the choice. Do you want the comic book version or the movie version? Both are available for or you can have one or at two. But both are available for pre-order at ninety nine ninety nine from Entertainment Earth. Uh, the comic styles coming in October, while the movie version is coming in December. Mm. Or you can save your money, and for ninety nine ninety nine, you could get the Marvel Legends Gamerverse Punisher War Machine Electronic Helmet, which is, is cool. inspired by Frank Castle's War Machine armor from the mobile game Marvel Future Fight. And this thing looks amazing. Mm. Uh, the faceplate's got magnets, and I think there's magnet posts. You can kind of almost see them in the picture, where it'll hold the faceplate up in like visor type mode. Oh yeah, yeah. And when you look inside, it's it's got some padding, but it, you can also see the various circuitry as well. It's in it. Yeah. Uh, it has two glowing LED eyes and a magnetized faceplate that could be detached and connected to the top. Uh, attaching and detaching the faceplate triggers the light up eyes and sound effects. Uh, the interior also um, mimics the different circuitry. And then as for the rest of the Marvel Legends lineup, you have the electronic Thor hammer, which uh, looks okay. Um, electronic Iron Man helmet, electronic Star-Lord helmet, the Infinity Gauntlet, and the Electric Fist. That's what they're calling it? Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, they also have... It's the Avengers Endgame Gauntlet. That's what they're calling it. I would call it like the Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they do have um, on pre-order as well the Ant-Man movie helmet as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I have tried on the Infinity Gauntlet uh, at Disney at the Marvel shop there, and it's it's not as easy as you think it is to hold. <laughs> I mean, there's a huge, huge bar in the middle of the, the palm. It just, for me, it doesn't sit right when trying oh, really? to get the your fingers in the, in the hoops to control the gauntlet fingers, hmm. especially the thumb. It, it's, it's a stretch. Hmm. So definitely a kid cannot do anything with it. Hmm. Interesting. So, but also too, Marvel Legends is coming out with a Captain America with a motorcycle. Ah, this one's cool. This figure is awesome. And we did decide, yes, this one is worth the 40 bucks. Hmm. Again, my birthday's in August and this is when it's supposed to ship. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Um, huh? I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. 
<laughs> but no, this thing comes with removable saddlebags, um, removable helmet for him, a trusty shield, which is the, the 40s shield, the original. Mm. Um, not the round, but the, the shield shield shape. A machine gun with a holster, um, which is on the bike, and a knife. So And the figure, just the figure itself is really cool. Looking. Yeah. The only thing I don't like on it is the leather. I almost want to call it like a wrestling mask. Yeah, it's a little weird looking. It's about, without the, that. it's about the only thing I don't like on it. I wish that was removable. Yeah, I do too. It probably looks better with the helmet on, but probably with the helmet, you know, removable. It's it looks weird. Yeah, it does look weird. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's all I've got. So. Does this mean we're actually on our last story? I believe it does, yes. Wow. And for this story, we're going to steal a little bit of thunder from our other show, Wiki Radio, and cover a bit of Star Wars. So, Do you think this is something we would have covered on uh, Wiki Radio? Yeah, I think we probably would have. Well, depending on the week, I guess. Yeah. How many other stories there are. True, true. So, with uh, Disney Plus coming, we are getting not only The Mandalorian, but another Star Wars series based on uh, Rogue One. Um, based uh, The character Cassian Andor, I should say, played yep. by Diego Luna. Um, which is, is this is... This is going to be really interesting because we really haven't. There really, other than the cartoons, there aren't any live action Star Wars shows. So this is these these Disney Plus shows are going to be really cool. It's going to be it's going to be real fun. Right. Um, so uh, Diego Luna is actually very glad to come back and reprise his role as in as Cassian Andor. Uh, because he was a little disappointed after watching Rogue One. Now, 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 hold on. Don't get all upset. But, 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 let me finish. No. So, <laughs> Diego Luna was speaking with Sci-Fi about his newest project uh, and, and coming back to play Cassie and Andor again in this prequel series. That will focus on the formation of the Rebellion's dirtiest player. And he said, and I quote, no accent, don't ask. When I saw the film the first time, I was so disappointed at the end and not because of the film. Uh, Then he continued uh, talking about conversations he had with his son after watching the film. Uh, And he said, my son said, but that's it, dad, right? That's it. And I go, well, yes, that's the thing about this film. Even though I knew and I understood, I think that's the moment where I really got it. Um, And he said, I really realized that a character I loved and a universe I couldn't care more about was done. But the tone of our film, it pays honor to, I believe, the best times of this universe. And obviously, I say the best because it's when I was open and ready to receive that. Those Star Wars films left a very deep mark on me as the audience and as a filmmaker. So, sounds like he was uh, was more upset that there weren't going to be any more chances for him to play Cassian Andor. Or so he thought. 
And when they decided to do this show, he's very happy that he gets to uh, visit that part of the universe again. Okay. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like. I'm. I'm glad that. I'm glad that he's. He's. He wants to play the character again, and that he's. You know. Right. He's excited about it. Right. Well, I'm. I'm excited for the show myself. I am too. I'm very, very interested in it. Um, what- I, I enjoyed the one shot when that happened. Mm, yep. Yep. So, um, I guess the only other thing I gotta ask is any final thoughts. Um. Nope. I got nothing. Well, then, I'm going to say, used to be Rock Around the Clock. Now it's Limp Around the Block. Oh, you don't remember that song, Rock Around the Clock? Oh, I remember that song. I just uh, well, limp now, around. Because of our age and how old we are, how oh, we okay. feel, it's Limp Around right. the Block. Yeah, I got you. And if you got any other further questions, all we got for you is... Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Blom say say, Unikey. Sip, sip.